This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. We're back. Here we are. Uh, after a little one-week hiatus there, a little mid-summer vacation, we are back with Texas Soccer Radio. My name is Kyle Mankey. His name is Luke Feathers, and we are going to talk a whole lot of soccer, um, a lot of San Antonio FC. We are going to talk about Austin quite a bit tonight because pretty significant things going on up there with the potential MLS move. Um but, and of course, we'll probably talk a little bit of World Cup. I don't think you can do a soccer show this time of year and not talk about the World Cup at least a little bit. But before we do all that, Larry, how you doing, man? How's things? I'm doing good. I'm happy we're back after flying by the seat of our pants on Periscope only last week. Yeah, shout out to anybody who uh, came through with that. that was... <laughs> so last week, if you weren't with us, um, if you only listened to the audio version of the show... We were waiting for um, the Austin City Council vote and a decision on the MLS to Austin stuff. And uh, that didn't end up happening until about 3.50 a.m. So (laughs) we we hung out for about an hour and 40 minutes or so. And uh, Josh Babetsky from MLS to Austin SG joined us. And and it was a fun time. It was not the most productive show we've ever done. But uh, it was it was interesting, nonetheless. Thankfully, there's no actual like podcast record of what happened last week. Right. It's all just on Periscope floating around somewhere. It's floating around the internet somewhere, but we don't have to worry about that yet, right? Not yet. Someday it'll come back to bite us in the ass, though, I'm sure. <sighs> Can't get fired if you don't have a job. That's <laughs> <laughs> my, my attitudes towards uh, Twitter and facebook and wait this isn't your job oh you're on to me <laughs> i thought you were making tons of money doing this thing uh well i i do get that monthly paycheck from mls for being an mls shill but other than that it's it's all for the fun of it man and we have a lot of that around here so um thank you first off to beautiful game network for helping us do what we do and for letting us be part of that family it, it really has been a blast and We do appreciate everything that they do. And thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can check out their stuff at roughneckscarves.com. It's R-U-F-F scarves.com. And you can check out all that uh, at our website, texassoccerradio.com. So um, all of that being said, um, are you ready to jump into this Austin stuff? We're, we're obviously going to talk about San Antonio FC and the result from the 4th of July. Um, and we've got just a ton of stuff from USL to talk about, but, yeah. um, let's, let's kick things off with Austin. Um, do you want to give the quick rundown on what happened last week around this time not even around this time like six hours from last week we were sitting around here about this time at nine o'clock last (laughs) week just trying to figure out what was going on like kyle said before um things didn't wrap up until i think it was 359 is when the vote actually went through um they did end up passing all of the resolutions up there in austin now they they comboed everything together um, they comboed 60, 64, and I think, what, 130, I think was the third one. I think those are um, the So basically what's happening out from here on out is they are going to move forward with negotiations with pre-court um, in regards to developing McCalla Place into an MLS stadium while simultaneously taking offers from other parties that may be interested in developing McCalla into affordable housing, shopping, Etc. 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 From there on out, but that's kind of where we stand now. We're we're waiting in a holding pattern until what August 9th, I think, is the next city council meeting. I was just pulling up the date. Yeah, it's August 9th after their six week summer break. Yeah, per the the statesman. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how everything went down because they. Most of the city council members, including the mayor, sound very pro MLS and very pro PSV and everything else. Um, 
But it, it sounds like there's enough council members on the fence to where if PSV tries to lowball in these negotiations, it's not going not gonna to work out. Um, but I, I personally don't expect that to happen. Um, it seems like a deal is going to get done. And one of the interesting things that I think it was Chris Bills put out today was that um, so, so city council, so the city government is not using the request for proposal um, system that they normally use because that would take six to eight months. Ooh. So um, what they're doing with these proposals is they're taking them in theory to be competitive with PSV's bid. Um, but the city released a statement saying that they're, they're not actually going to review them or analyze them. So I don't really know what we're doing here um, and, and what the point of those are. Uh, it seems like if you're going to do that, just deal with him and don't take any other bids. Don't waste anybody else's time. Well, maybe it's leverage. I mean, that, that seems like the only real reason to do this is leverage. So then you can come to the table and say, obviously PSV's starting point is shit. It's, it's a low ball of all low balls with $1 rent and no city taxes and all that good stuff. I think um, it was Tovo that said that specifically to Anthony Precourt uh, last yeah. week. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not a good intro bid here. And if you're going to take all these other, other, proposals under advisement at least then you can come to the table and say hey look we've got this dangling in front of us too so we're looking at a deal where we get 400 million dollars over the next 60 years or whatever it may be um, from these other offers we need you to get somewhere close to this if we're going to actually consider moving forward with you yeah yeah i like i said i just can't see a scenario where the negotiations fall apart because it seems like pre-court wants to be here um, and he wants all of this to work out. So I can't imagine, it's not like a city council meeting where you have to present what you're going to present. Uh, you know, it's active negotiations. So a little bit of a different scenario. Um, but I, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's really interesting that they're even accepting other bids at this point. But like you said, I guess it's good. Um, competitive wise now i don't know if you saw this today but the most competitive bid for austin may actually be down in miami <laughs> i did not i don't know this. if you caught this today um joey fletches of the miami herald put out an article today about the secret beckham stadium plan hmm. and so apparently now um coming up here in july um the the city commissioners in miami are going to have to vote to allow the city uh, or they're going to have a vote to uh, put this deal on the ballot for no for voters in November. And this, this stadium deal is pretty interesting. They're, they're moving away from the Overton, um, Overton area. Right. And there is a, there's only one city owned golf course in the city of Miami. And that's the place that Beckham has put his sights on now. Right. Um, it's interesting because they're going to fully privately fund this, this stadium build there. Um, it's going to be a 28,000 seat stadium, but that 73 acres where this, this golf course is at is also, they're also going to develop it for a million square feet of tech office space, 500 to 800 hotel rooms, 58 acres of public park space, public soccer fields with underground parking for the stadium located underneath them. Um, 12,000 square feet of music and entertainment areas and 138 square thousand square feet of retail and restaurant space. And all of it is going to be funded by Beckham and the Moss brothers. Hmm. Now on top of that, it's a 39 year lease of the land that's extendable to 99 years. The annual rent will be a minimum of three and a half million dollars, but probably upwards of five. And they will pay taxes on the land, which they, that land is currently not generating taxes because it's city owned. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's definitely something. That's some ammo for <laughs> the city government of Austin. And they have six weeks, six weeks to stew on what's going on down in Miami with their stadium deal. Right. To Beckham and the Moss Brothers. Yeah. And, and Austin can sit there for the city, city council can look there for six weeks at it and go, we need a good deal. Yeah. We need a really good deal if this is what Miami's coming to the table with. And this is what Beckham's bringing to the table for a stadium deal. Yeah. I do agree with 
council member pool i believe it was who said that if psv doesn't work out that mls is going to come to austin eventually um but obviously i don't think anyone wants that to happen because that would be five ten years down the road probably at minimum um and so i i I have to think that they're going to get this done. Like PSV has the money to pay taxes and they have the money to pay a real rent. So um, as much as I want a third MLS team in Texas, I, I can't imagine anywhere close to PSV's initial offer being accepted, but I I can't either, especially with what's coming out of Miami. I think this, this may throw a huge rent and wrench in whatever, uh, pre-court had planned for his next offer because he's gonna have to come to the table with something good yeah competitive bids in other cities or something like this well a couple other interesting things came out in the lead up to that vote um one of them um being that (laughs) this is why i should have had a pen i was looking right before Uh, right before we started to grab a pen to be able to take notes. Um, One of them uh, involves USL Austin. I'm trying to remember what the other one is before I jump over there. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. Wow. That one's (laughs) pretty solidly. So the, the other thing that I was going to talk about was with USL Austin, um, they sent one of the people that spoke at that council meeting um, was someone who works with uh, the Search of the Americas and, you know, by default works with the USL Austin group. Right. And um, they mentioned a grassroots path to MLS. And they specifically mentioned that the USL team was trying to take a grass, grassroots path to MLS. Um, whether this is true uh, or um you know, something that they just wanted to do down the line, or if it's just something that they're throwing out there to try and derail the PSV stuff, we won't know. But I thought it was interesting because that's the first time that we've ever heard publicly that USL Austin has ambitions to make that jump to MLS. Um, But do you, like, I think we're on the same page of Cirque of the Americas being too far out for MLS, right? I mean, I think that if they're truly truly having ambitions of being an MLS, that's your five to 10 year plan right there. Um, If PSV fails, USL Austin would be your five to 10 year plan. And who knows how far development will be out towards Circuit of the Americas in five to 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it it may be a very viable location by that point. Um, As it stands today, yeah, it's it's too far out. It really is. There's nothing around there. It's too far out for for that. Yeah. Man, some of those speakers at that council oh. meeting. <laughs> I don't um, have the rights to this music, but... <laughs> oh my gosh, and she starts playing the Rocky theme. We're going to fly now. Or, uh, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, my favorite was the guy, I need to pull up the quotes, but uh, the guy who was talking about how MLS is a Ponzi scheme and how <laughs> just like came off as full-on conspiracy nut. Um but on the other side of that, there were some really interesting speakers who spoke about affordable housing in a really eloquent and respectable way. Yes. Um, and one thing that I took away from that is they were talking about how the location of affordable housing is extremely important. And that was something that I had never really thought about before. Um, but yeah, it, anyway, there were some very good speakers, but <laughs> there were also um, people playing music from their phones and... <laughs> And all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's Anthony Freecourt too. Yeah, it's soccer. Ridiculous was always ridiculousness was always going to ensue at some point. So, yeah, no, that it was. I, you're right. The affordable housing stuff was very interesting. There were some very very good speakers on that that topic, um, especially in regards to location and the location of the housing in proximity to public transportation is really where the big hitting points were on that. very compelling arguments in that on that behalf yeah i um you know like i keep saying i think it's gonna happen but uh we'll see on august 9th for sure that's when the next deal is supposed to be thrown on the table so yeah 
August 9th is the next big day. Uh-oh, I triggered it. I remember it. what I was going to say. What is it? <laughs> um, so one of the things that came out too was that I believe it was council member Houston wanted to postpone um, any additional voting until I believe it was August 23rd, the end of August uh, for sure, way after the August 9th meeting. Um, she mentioned wanting to reconvene on the 9th and be able to look at the deal that uh, the city manager and PSV come up with at that point, look at it for a few weeks and then actually vote at the end of August. And I believe it was Richard Settle who vehemently opposed that. Um, and he mentioned that PSV is already on an extension of their timeline to do all of this. Right. Um, and so what that points to, to me without him actually saying it is that um you know, the MLS Board of Governors is meeting that first week of August, right before that August 9th um, vote. And uh, it certainly seems like that would be a reasonable cutoff for a team trying to enter the league in the next year because stadium or not, they're looking at playing in Austin in 2019. And if right. they're not playing in Austin, they need to figure out where they're going to play. Um, so it seems like that would be something that they'd want to discuss at the Board of Governors meeting at the beginning of August. So uh, it's kind of interesting to hear that timeline of, um, you know, they, they are on the clock <laughs> and it makes sense. Like you still have to come out with the kits and the branding and, you know, sell tickets for next year, wherever you're going to be. And, um, you know, I there's mean, a lot that goes into it. This puts a hiccup in MLS, even planning schedules for next year. And you know, they got to be working on that stuff already. Um, playing in Columbus and playing in Texas is a very different different prospect for those guys those schedulers um with weather especially and what they have yeah. to plan around <laughs> yeah and you know mls is not running on the same budget as the nfl or you know the epl or, or some of these other higher tier leagues um so getting travel costs at a minimum is important for a lot of teams and for the league in general so um yeah, it, it's interesting to hear that there's kind of a hard cutoff for all of this. And I don't expect it to go past August 9th, but if it did, there's a lot of question marks on on what that means for Columbus right. and Austin and Sacramento yeah. and, you know, wherever else <laughs> he would end up. It could be some big implications coming forward from that. Yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble with my Wi-Fi tonight, so I'm not – I don't have the Periscope feed up to view unfortunately nobody uh, said anything tonight so it's perfect. been quiet i've been keeping an eye on it don't worry it's been quiet. it's been a quiet one um yeah so i that's pretty much all i had for the uh city council meeting i don't know how much more oh god as i pull it up on my phone and blast it into the speakers professional af um yeah, anything else you want to talk about with Austin or the city council meeting or anything? I think that wraps it up for now. Cool. More in the future. Cool, cool, cool. So San Antonio FC um, played a game on July 4th. Uh, I unfortunately could not make it. I was doing family stuff at the Casa, so... Uh, was watching on TV, but it sounded like there were a few hiccups. Do you want to go over that before we talk about the actual game itself? You're talking about hiccups around the game, not at the actual game? Yeah, something with the scarves and oh, the man. lack of fireworks. and Yeah, I mean, so they, were, we, they did these limited edition scarves, USA scarves for the game that night. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like they were handed out. I wasn't able to do, uh, to attend the game as well. Oh my bad! I didn't awesome. make it. Yeah, I did not make it. So yeah, they didn't. They I'm didn't. Glad show prep this week. <laughs> <laughs> I watched on TV. That's what I did. Followed along on social media. That 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 bumping back of the kickoff time by an hour due to the rain um, kind of screwed up my plans to get down there. Yeah. I, w I was really shooting to try and be home before 10 o'clock with fireworks and my dogs freaking out and everything. So that yeah, didn't happen. Pretty sensitive. Um, that's tough. But yeah, no scarves. Um, apparently they're being mailed out. Everybody thought they were going to be able to pick them up at the game. That was not the case. Um, and then the fireworks. So this, they were supposed to have fireworks after the game. Um, I guess people raided around upwards of an hour after the game ended and fireworks never happened before SAFC put out a notice saying 
um, that fireworks were canceled due to issues with the third party provider of the fireworks. Um, so I don't know what kind of technical difficulties they ran into, but apparently they ran into some that completely shut down the show for the night. That's crazy. There were pictures of people out there like holding up their cell phones. The, whole, the stadium was lit up with cell phones. They had all the, the big lights off for the fireworks. Oh know? yeah. I didn't even think yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it was crazy looking now. I will say, and you may not not know this unless you've seen it on social media today, um, SAFC is doing a good job of trying to fix this issue. Um, for all season ticket member holders or season ticket holders, um, they are receiving two extra comp tickets to a basically a future home match of their choice, um, and they are rescheduling fireworks for the games of Wednesday, September 25th versus the Colorado Swing Switchbacks. And Saturday, September 29th against uh, Sounders 2. Hmm. So two games now with fireworks, not on 4th of July, not on Labor Day, but fireworks nonetheless. And your two free tickets for either of those matches or other home matches as well. Oh, nice. Huh. So, I mean, they're, tr- they're trying to make it right the best they can. That's good. I can't imagine that mailing the scarves was intentional. <laughs> like... I don't think that you would do an America themed scarf for the game on the 4th of July and then not have it ready at the gate intentionally. Um, I'm sure that was something to do with the delivery or the ordering or them not being the right color. I don't know. (laughs) I personally haven't seen any communications about the scarves or what the scarf issue actually is from the team itself on social media or in my inbox as a season ticket holder. Um, I don't know. Maybe the guy who was supposed to bring the scarves and the fireworks was the same guy and he got stuck in traffic. Oh my God. That was I, I, my theory is that it has something to do with the fact that you had to buy a special ticket package to get the scarf. So it's not like they're dealing just with season ticket holders. They're dealing with general public coming in with yeah. these tickets, trying to get their scarves. Um, they also gave you the option to donate the ticket to the military and, but get the scarf for yourself. Right. Right. Um, so that brings in all sorts of other shipping fiasco. Like all, I mean, there's lots, so so many variables um, with who's picking up what scarf with a ticket that's donated to this person and vice versa. Yeah. So I, I, I see where the issue was possibly. Yeah, I get it. It would have been nice to see them at the game, I'm sure, but I understand. Yeah. Um, one thing that did look nice at the game, in my opinion, I know we disagreed about this on social media, um, so fire up the hot take machine here, but uh, I, I really liked the new jersey, the third jersey. Um, obviously, it is very red, and it is uh, you know, pretty much the U.S. men's national team kit slash England kit slash you know, million teams kit. Uh, but with the SAFC stuff on it. But all of that being said, I really like it. And I thought it looked sharp. And I want one, honestly. <laughs> let, let me be clear. as for, for those of you not watching on Periscope right now, I'm sitting here in my all-red Nike <laughs> SAFC shirt. Not the jersey, but one of the shirts they had. I think the jersey itself looks good. However, it's a complete and utter fucking letdown. Come on. Come on. Why are we – we don't need another recycled bullshit kit from the U.S. men's national team or all these other countries and crap. We needed something new and cool that popped and screamed San Antonio. Why did you have to not give me fiesta-colored jerseys? I would have taken – camo jerseys over what we got it's not that it's a bad looking jersey because it's not although i really don't understand what where the maroon comes from like it doesn't fit with (laughs) safc at all but um it's not a bad looking kit i'm just let down with the opportunity it's really what it's about like i i was hoping for so much more and then it just disappeared in front of me with that kit announcement that makes sense i i get it I get that it's not original and, and you know me, I've preached it every week that we've talked about kits on here that I would love a Fiesta colored kit and it has to happen. I feel like I'm going to end up going to like design one on Nike's website or something, <laughs> like figure out a way to do that and just make them myself. But um, 
I, I like it for what it is. And I wrote a thing on calledoffside.com, if you want to check it out, um, basically saying this is the first jersey that SAFC has worn that isn't black and white and with a little red and a little gray. Like This is the first time that they've kind of stepped out of the Spurs family coloring scheme and kind of done their own thing. So even though it's not an original kit, it's original to – San Antonio teams that are owned by SSNE. And so I don't think it's a way of like flipping a middle finger to SSNE or anything, but I think it's really good for SAFC to establish its own identity separate from the NBA team. And that just gives it a more professional feel and less of a minor league feel and less of the SAFC or Spurs soccer team. Like it, it makes it stand on their own more. And I like that a lot. Mm. I, I it's it's a damn good argument for the situation and I, I agree with you 100% it's nice to see them stepping out of the Spurs spotlight a little bit with deviating color wise I'm just I wanted more <laughs> don't we I, always I wanted more <laughs> I think that's part of the soccer better <sighs> I expected better <laughs> I expected camo which I have many family members that served in the United States military, and I'm very appreciative of them and all of our other veterans in active duty. But I do not like camo sports jerseys. I don't think they look very good. Um, I, I really don't like the Spurs camo jerseys, and I'm glad that SAFC didn't just pull that same coloring and put it on a Nike template. So I'll take the red over... Uh, over we're, a camo we're just on a nike template though i know i mean what are you gonna do about that though like that's the real problem is that nike has been calling it in for 10 years and just keep using templates so i i really dig it's funny i almost wore my nike england kit again tonight but um i really dig what adidas is doing with a lot of the world cup jerseys and even though there's a few templates in there overwhelmingly they are original or original uses of the template and so i don't know anything about the safc nike contract um but man i i would be pretty okay with them jumping over to adidas or even under armor um Mm. which you know of course okc uses and tottenham used to use and a few teams use but um those are the two that i'm most familiar with on a regular basis because Under Armour does some funky things, and a lot of times they work out really well. Um, I'm not a big Puma guy because I've got a little bit too much of a beer belly to rock that. But you, let's talk about me. (laughs) That's part of why I can't be an Arsenal fan is their skin tight jerseys. If uh, Tottenham ever switches to that, I think I'm gonna have to jump off the ship. But oh Jesus, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, Nike is boring, unfortunately. <laughs> As, although I do like what SAFC did with their home kit this year because at uh, least they're loosening up on the template, on what you can put on the template. Um, but yeah, Nike Nike is not killing it. <laughs> so, I mean, our, our black kit is very nice. The home kit is very yeah, nice. Absolutely. We've got a plain white kit, a plain red kit. So we're basically... At this point, you're not going to like this. <laughs> we're, we're basically Phoenix without the 35 points in the table. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, oh. We got a black kit, a white kit, and a red kit. We're Phoenix. Ooh. Not in second place. To be fair... I'm pretty sure SAFC had black and red and white before Phoenix did because they were Arizona United in 2016. So really, Phoenix is just copying San Antonio. I guess. Both on and off the field with their players. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> I, that, that's fair. I got nothing. I have that's nothing fair. for love <laughs> for Phoenix. I just... Whoo... I don't know if I'm ready for all that. 
I mean, it doesn't matter. They're in second place. We can hate on them all we all we want. They're That's just, very true. They're up they're there, so killing it on the field. Before we talk about more general USL stuff, let's jump into what actually happened on the field last night uh, between San Antonio FC and OKC Energy FC. Um, this rivalry has been played out point by point is what I think we put on social media earlier where other than one time where OKC topped San Antonio, it's been a draw every single time these guys have met uh, in the regular season. So what did you kind of general thoughts of the game jumping off point right here? Where, where do you want to start with this? Let's start at the mess at corner or center back. Oh man. Those center backs are an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I don't know what. Sorry, I shouldn't have cut you Cuomo off. and Hedrick, man, that that was not a good pairing last night. And I, I, I know if there were some people that were screaming about, we're gonna get into the hot takes right away because there were people screaming about Hedrick being, you know, one of the players of the game last night. But he had just <laughs> as many. Yeah, there were people. There were people. Um, there were just as many people, or just as many times that he had some massive mistake and almost cost us as he did saves <laughs> during that game. The, the best center back last night was Mikey Lopez, who was playing <laughs> central midfield. <laughs> like, um, Mikey saved a second goal uh, single-handedly, basically. Uh, and, um, you know, Hedrick and, and Cuomo made their plays, but it, the play where OKC scored – is the same, and for anyone who didn't see it, it ended up in a 1-1 draw between the two teams. Um, this score that OKC, this goal that OKC put in, it's like uh, it's on repeat because it's the same thing. Every time that a team scores against SAFC, um, they are coming in, they're getting defenders to uh, double or triple team one guy and they leave someone wide open right in front of frame and whether it's Restrepo or Cardoni who we saw last night we can talk about that in a little bit um, anytime you're giving someone an open shot six yards out of course they're gonna make it and I don't know if that's a communication issue between the center backs and the whoever is playing center mid um, I don't know if that's a talent issue communication or, or formation or what um but it's the same damn problem every time where you have a bunch of safc defenders clumping up on the wrong guy and yeah. you leave somebody open and i don't know how you fix that at this level it's it, it's got to be better communication it has to at the end of the day it has to be better communication um they've got to be more aware of bunching up and targeting one guy um I don't know why Felix wasn't in that in that lineup last night. Felix, if if you're talking about center backs, Felix has to be in there over Hedrick. Yeah, has to be every day of the week. And I'm, I mean, McCarthy is healthy. I mean, am I wrong? We don't know. I mean, really nowhere know. to be seen. So if McCarthy's healthy, then he needs to be in there too. Um, better options, better options in that that back line last night that we could have had out there from the start. I, I'm right there with you, man. Like, I don't know what Ryan Felix did to get benched. Maybe there's something I didn't see or something that come up in training, or maybe he's not a hundred percent. But the Hedrick Cuomo pairing is not working. And that's what we saw in the previous match, right? I'm man, it's been, <laughs> It's been a while since we've done one of these. So the previous match was the 1-1 draw with Colorado. Right. And I feel like that was the same pairing. But it's not that they're doing a terrible job because anytime you hold a team to one goal or zero goals, like you're doing an okay job. It's just when they've messed up, they've messed up pretty royally. And yeah, it was Hedrick and Cuomo in that last game too. Um, I don't really understand why they've shifted back to the 4-2-3-1 and 4-1-4-1 when now, I felt like the 3-4-3 was working pretty well. This is a perfect spot for me really quick to interject with the one Twitter question we did get this week. 
Um, it was from Royce, and it said, Powell started the match in a 4-2-3-1 with a pragmatic approach and changed to a 3-4-3 after OKC scored to get the tie and should have won the match. Um, does the 3-4-3 work that well, or was it because OKC dropped back into a 4-5-1 to bunker after they scored uh, to hold the lead? I I wish that I could have made it to train. Or there wasn't training today. They're off. Thursday, no, they're off Friday. today. Yep. Um, training yeah. Saturday. I wish I could have made it to the game to ask him afterwards on what that tactical change was about. And yeah, it did seem like the shift was due to um, generate more attacking power. But I think it also came down to seeing his center backs giving up a goal again. <laughs> like... Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to ask him. And thank you, Royce, for asking that. And it is something very solid to point out. Um, I, I feel like in 2016, you had Stephen McCarthy and then kind of a rotation between Sam McBride and uh, Biko Bradnock Brennan was one of the guys. And um, you had a lot of guys playing center back in 2016, but Stephen McCarthy was a constant. Then in 2017, obviously you had Sebastian Abiaga and Stephen McCarthy most matches. That was kind of your ideal pair. Um, this year, with McCarthy either not being 100 percent or you know whatever's going on, um, he hasn't been out there, and we nothing has really stuck since we brought Chris Christian in. <laughs> Cyprian Hedrick was still here. Cuomo came in. Felix came in, and uh, Rashindel was back there for a little bit again. And to his credit, I think Ryan Felix has played well from what I've seen. Um, and I know Hedrick has played a lot better than we've seen in the past. It's not individual efforts that are the problem. It's the pairings. Uh, it's not an individual skill problem. It's how they're working together because they're giving up goals together, in my opinion. I, I really want to see McCarthy and Felix out there together and what that looks like. That's that's one of those pairings that we haven't seen yet. I hope McCarthy gets better soon with whatever's going on and we see him back out on the pitch because not not only do we need him as the player, I think that back line needs him as the leader Yeah. at this point. Um, yeah, it seems like there's a big problem with a lot of Indians but no real chief running that back line at the moment. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. We've tried basically every pairing we can at this point. I don't know how we fix it going forward. The goals that have been given up, I feel like the goalkeepers are in as good of a position as they can be. Like, I, I don't put it on the goalkeepers, even though, like, obviously that's their problem. I know you <laughs> – I saw your face there. I know you disagree with me on this last night. But, I do. Um, I, I don't think that was Cardoni's fault. I think he was in a solid position. I think uh, his defense just let him down and and gave OKC a penalty kick for all intents and purposes. I think my problem with the Cardoni play – um, which I'm happy to see him back out there. I mean, he's he's a great goalie as always. Um, I don't know, I I don't know if this was just a one week thing to get some rest with some rest in the middle of the season or what's going on. Um, but with that goal in particular, I know some people said that he wasn't set because um, he had just finished moving from that opposite direction right before that ball came in. But I went back and looked, and he looks pretty set to me. And you can literally watch him see the ball kicked and watch it sail past him. He watches it the whole way in and go into the back of the get net and doesn't make a play for it. It was so close though, man. Like, I know. I think there's many goalies in the world that are going to stop that. I I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm torn with that one. It's yeah, it's opinion. It's opinion. I I'm not saying Matt's a bad goalie by any means. He's a great goalie. We've got two great goalies on this team. I would have personally liked to see a little bit more effort on that one individual play. Like if you can sit there and watch the whole thing from foot to ball all the way to the back of the net, you've got time to make some sort of play on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we talk about the positives, cause there are some positives to come out of this game. I want to talk about one more negative and it's going to lead into a positive, <laughs> but um, I've seen a lot of folks calling out for Alex Bruce and for Bruce to get the start over Guzman and uh, Elizondo and some of these other guys. And I think Bruce is a really, really talented young striker. 
Um, and I hope SA is able to keep him for several years because I think he has a lot of potential. Um, but even though he did score the equalizer after that, we saw kind of on display one of his faults in that he's still very young and, um, he had the opportunity uh, for a header right in front of in front of frame and um, put it in the ground so hard that it bounced over the crossbar. And yeah. I, I'm not knocking the guy at all. I couldn't do that, <laughs> but um, it's frustrating to see that happen when that could have put it to one and it could have finished the game. Um, and I'm sure he's 10 times more frustrated than any fan or, or me or anyone else. I'm sure he's most frustrated about it from anyone, but um, that's the problem with Bruce for anyone who is wondering why he's not starting is that he's still young and young players in all sports tend to make more mistakes. Um, that's not to say that, Guzman or anyone else has earned it over him because I don't think they have. I think that's still a very open position. Um, and honestly, despite me saying all that, I actually think Bruce should get the start in the next USL match uh, next week. Uh, I, I would actually be perfectly fine with seeing him start because despite that mental lapse right there, he put in a fucking beautiful yeah. chip on the keeper. Um, the awareness that that takes and um, the playing with your head up and just the situational awareness to know the keeper was far enough off his line to where he could chip that from the far left side into the opposite side of the goal. Um, that was fantastic. And it salvaged the point for SAFC. And so despite everything I said at first, all of that is true as far as I can tell, but that was a great play. And that was very, very intelligent football. And I hope that we get to see more of it soon. I'm going to put a caveat on caveat on that because I, I'm not against him starting by any means. Um, but I think you need to have somebody else paired up there with him. I think if you're going to do that, then stick Gordon up there with him. Gordon looked good in this game. Yeah. Gordon was taking shots. Gordon was trying to make things happen. Um, we did a much better job with the crosses across the middle in this game um, from the looks of it. They just got some damn good stops. Um, yeah. But I think you got to either pair somebody up there with him or, and I'm just, some people probably are going to like this, is you use them in the same role we used them last night. Put them in as a super sub with 20 yeah. minutes, 25 minutes left in the game. Um, I think that's another good place for him too is until he gets a little bit more experience under his belt and maybe some more leadership skills. Um, the talent's there. Just got to keep shaping it. The talent is yeah. there though with him for sure. I mean, he's a player that is very young and very, there's so much potential there, man. Like he's taller than me. He's got to be five, somewhere between five eleven and six, two, I would guess. Um, and you know, he's not a small guy, um and on top of that he's got a green card so he doesn't count against the international slot and that's at this level that's a lot of very very positive things and someone that you want around for a long time so hopefully it works out and hopefully we see more of him and it works it works in everyone's favor um but it, it is very inconsistent so i completely understand if um you know, Coach Powell ends up giving Ever Guzman another shot or, you know, Kyle Murphy or Mike Seth or, or any of the other strikers that could slot in. But, yeah, that, that was kind of my Alex Bruce rant that I had. No, and it's, I think it's a good point, really. It truly is. He, we need to see more of Alex Bruce on the field at this point. Um, if we're not going to be able to hold ourselves on the defense and we're going to continue to have these center back problems from week to week, then we're going to have to get it done on the offensive side of the ball yeah. and just put goals in like crazy um, to win these games and get points and climb the leaderboard. And Bruce can definitely help with making that happen. He needs to see more field time for sure. I saw a lot of really bad takes on Twitter this morning after that SAFC game. And one of the ones that really got under my skin was someone who was claiming that the counterattack offense is not working for SAFC. And I didn't reply because I wasn't involved in the conversation at all. 
Um, but what I wanted to say was like, of course it's not working. They're not a counterattack team anymore. <laughs> like, have you watched any San Antonio FC games in 2018? Because wait, wait. <laughs> is this the same thread where we were getting called fanboys? <laughs> Maybe. I think it was the same thing. <laughs> that specific to be honest with you but i'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to the show and if he does he's welcome to to chime back on twitter at us at kyle underscore manky at larry leathers 87 but not trying to subtweet i i just didn't want to call anybody out um specifically but hi that was my fault (laughs) getting me in trouble already no but my my point being like SAFC is playing completely differently in 2018 than they have any other season. And I'm, it's good that people care enough to be critical and it's good that people care enough to be upset the next day. Um, But like watch the games guys, like uh, there's a lot wrong with the team. There's a lot right with the team, (laughs) but like maybe we're not doing a good enough job. Uh, Like it's, part of our job is to help digest what we saw into better soccer opinions and better like takeaways from the game. So maybe that's on us. Maybe we need to do better uh, of, you know, dissecting it. But my point being, this is not a counterattacking team <laughs> and uh, there, there's a lot of really bad takes out there on social media. So hopefully we can adjust that and in writing and in podcast form. It's, it's soccer Twitter, man. We, we go off in crazy directions. We rant about stupid things. Um, we post commercials from KFC about Neymar flopping all over the place. <laughs> uh, things happen. It, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I, if I wasn't attached by so many wires all around me, I was going to flop out of my chair and just yell Neymar. But... I thought the same thing earlier. I was like, wait, I, can't, I don't have enough room in this room right now. I'm surrounded right now. Cable management. For what? <laughs> we'll get to that later in our little World Cup talk. Yeah. Spoiler alerts. Spoiler alerts. Uh, name our flops a little bit. Um, anyway, yeah, I I hope we do a better job in the future of, of dissecting SAFC games and, and what's going on. Um, because we are fans of the team. That's why we do it. Larry's wearing the shirt. I've got the shirt in my closet. And... I'm a season ticket holder. Like, I was a fan before I was doing this. I, yeah. I, I haven't been here since day one with Kyle. I've been here behind the scenes. I mean, shooting the shit with him about SAFC week to week from the very beginning, but I haven't been on this podcast since day one. So I was a fan before. Yeah. yeah. I think you and I have texted more about SAFC than I've talked to anyone else about it, which is part of why this show works. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, we're fans, but like, I hope I hope we can be critical when it's warranted and on the stuff we talked about, I think it's warranted. Anyway, sorry, I'm harping on that. Um, one other thing SAFC ish is that um, William Hill updated their betting odds. And I'm not a huge sports gambling guy because um Honestly, because my wife would just fucking kill me if I was. But just um, don't tell her about that bank account. Yeah, right. That's that's the key to a healthy marriage is multiple bank accounts. Mine what doesn't see wrong? mine. The <laughs> wife doesn't have access. Don't do it. <laughs> so, no, we've actually been talking about putting our bank accounts together recently. I mean, we've only we haven't even been married a year yet. So yeah, like yeah <laughs> yeah that was if i was uh only banking with the money i made from talking about soccer i would not be wearing any sort of safc gear <laughs> um, you wouldn't be wearing anything yeah pretty much be a very different show um so william hill updated their betting odds to uh win the usl championship in 2018 um Towards the top, it looks like the top are at four to one. You've got Real Monarchs and FC Cincinnati. Uh, Louisville City's up there with six to one. Phoenix is six to one. Um, and everybody else is a pretty far shot. San Antonio FC is at 35 to one, according to William Hill, uh, to win the 2018 USL Championship, 35 to one. But the ones. If you're a fan of Tulsa, 5,000 to one odds. 
I almost want to bet on that just in case it happens. <laughs> I mean, throw that dollar bet on there or that $2 bet. Just right. to, uh, wouldn't that RG, be something? RGV is at 400 to one. Toronto is at 3000 to one. Um, I'm looking for OKC. 400 to one for RGV. OKC is at 200 to one. So out of their rivals, San Antonio is doing the best. Vegas is a hundred to one. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's interesting. We'll post that on Twitter if if anyone feels like taking a look at it. But uh, to win the USL championship right now, William Hill believes Salt Lake City, Louisville, and uh, FC Cincinnati are uh, the front runners. Which hard to argue with that. With Salt Lake City. I don't know about Louisville or FC Cincinnati. Louisville just lost their coach, that's, which we'll talk about. Yeah. And FC Cincinnati, I don't think is four to one. That's doesn't seem super accurate, <laughs> but <laughs> I I cannot imagine the balls it takes to bet on North American soccer, whether it's MLS or USL, because it's so flipping random. I like I of all the things to bet on, I feel like that's the most random sports. You know, I mean, I get why Cincy's up there. It's because they're number one in the table in the East. I mean, what I think it was Pittsburgh's up there too because they're Pittsburgh's eleven to two, so yeah. five and a half to one. Like that's. I think uh, Pittsburgh is is sneaky good. Uh, I could see them coming out of the East personally, but there's a chance. There anyway. is a chance. Um, before we get off that and we talk a little bit more USL before we wrap up for the night, um, we are almost halfway through the season for SAFC. That was game number 16, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, in a 34 match season. So we have on our rundown to talk about expectations for the rest of the season and all that kind of stuff. But I think maybe we should wait until the actual halfway point, which would be the next USL match against Orange County on the 14th. Works for me. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do that at the actual halfway point. Um, Mid-season review coming next week. Next week, two weeks. Two, yeah. Two weeks. So, yeah. It'll be here eventually, right? Uh, a little shameless self-promotion here. Uh, calledoffside.com. We're going to have a couple SAFC-related articles going up soon. Um, So if you are not already following on Twitter and or Facebook, uh, you can check that out, calledoffside and calledoffside.com. Yeah, going to have some some articles up there pretty interesting about SAFC. I think they're interesting. I wrote them, so, you know, I'm biased, but it is what it is. My dog likes them. (laughs) (laughs) So getting out of San Antonio, getting out of Texas real quick here, we've got some USL D3 news with Toronto FC officially dropping to USL D3 for next season. Um, So that'll be one less team in the East. Orlando City B, which is currently on hiatus, is in the final stages of establishing their D3 side, or moving to D3 rather. And of course, FC Dallas's USL side will be in D3. Um, and Ottawa <laughs> Furries. I can't say Fury. That's such a the Fury. Ottawa Fury uh, moving to the Canadian Premier League next year. So a lot of Eastern teams dropping out um, between Toronto, Ottawa, Orlando is not coming back. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out when it's all done. With all the new teams coming in, I mean it'll it'll even itself out some way somehow and that that officially makes usl an american league right because vancouver's gone ottawa will be gone toronto will be gone montreal folded there's no other canadian teams right in usl vancouver yeah they're they folded a lot because they all their stuff went to fresno yeah oh that's true I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure if they folded or on hiatus. I can't remember the exact phrasing, but yeah, yeah. America, happy Fourth of July. So now we're the American <laughs> Soccer League. Are we the ASL now? State Soccer League, USSL. <laughs> um, United American Soccer League. I don't blame Ottawa at all for jumping up to the CPL because 
they are able to move to basically the top division of Canada without, you know, that, that's got to cut down their travel costs. It's got to cut down a lot of the issues with crossing the border. Um, and I think it'll be good for USL too, because that'll be a little cheaper travel on their end too. So I don't blame them at all, but it was fun while it lasted. Our old NASL rivals <laughs> jumping into USL and then jumping out. Um, and then the last thing on our list was that Louisville loses their head coach, James O'Connor to Orlando city. Um, not great for Louisville. <laughs> no, makes sense for O'Connor. I mean, he used oh, to play for, sure. for Orlando back when they were a USL team. Um, he's jumping up a level now. I think he's taking a couple assistant coaches with him, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Louisville could be in a tailspin here going forward. I believe they're shifting to player coaches for now, oh. which, um, you know, Tampa's doing that same thing. So that's a new tradition i guess with usl east i think it's interesting who turned down the orlando job honestly because caleb porter was in the mix um scolari the former former brazil national team coach was in the mix too they both didn't take it so that would have made a lot of sense with kaka and with the ownership group and mm-hmm. huh. What does this mean for Caleb Porter? (laughs) Man, I was just going to say, I'm intrigued by Caleb Porter. Um, I'm very intrigued because he left, as far as we know, he left Portland on his own accord. Yep. Um, And it sounds like he turned down, like he took himself out of consideration for this job. Um, and, And he was in that same group, that same class, I think, as Coach Powell that was getting their A license correct um, so i i, I mean we talked i think we national team i think we talked about that before way back when that first happened and all the shakeup in in uh ussf yeah i think it's a possibility that porter's in the running um there's been a lot of talk this week about juan carlos osorio going for yeah. the job too i, I mean that's fully on board I, with that i think either of them are a solid choice honestly at yeah. this point yeah, I I don't know about Caleb Porter. I, I need to watch more Portland games from when he was still there. And I don't know how, how phenomenal he would be as a U.S. coach. Um, but I'm not against it. Uh, I'm more just, like, intrigued. Like, does he really just not want to coach anymore? Because I get that. Like, if you don't want to work and you don't have to work, then, like, you know, more power to you. But yeah. – um with mexico getting knocked out of the world cup honestly even if they won the damn thing i think juan carlos osorio is so um so controversial to a lot of the l tree fans that i think he was gonna get the boot anyway and i think he will get the boot anyway um i would be all for him taking over the u.s men's national team um there's an interview with I can't remember if it was Men in Blazers or Grant Wall uh, or Alexi La. He was he was on a podcast. Man, I need to find that. I'll put it on my personal Twitter. Um, and he gave an interview before I believe the Gold Cup or during qualifying for the World Cup. And dude is passionate and like, I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think El Tree just has such high expectations. Whereas, you know, we just missed the World Cup. So, like, <laughs> who the fuck are we to have any expectations? Nowhere to go but up from where we're at right now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I think Osorio could be a great coach for us. I, I, I'm sure there's going to be pushback from some people. Um, Landon Donovan would be torn. I don't know. <laughs> Poor Landon Donovan. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think he's a good option. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see over the next few months if if that little – rumor comes to fruition yeah i'm i'm very interested in uh what happens i don't think we'll see a a head coach named until later this year like late this year but christian pulisic to tottenham anyway (laughs) um before we go let's do a quick world cup prediction here um 
we're into the quarterfinals, obviously. If you're watching on Periscope, if you're listening to the auto version, sorry, it might already be over. But uh, <laughs> we've got uh, Uruguay and France and Brazil and Belgium playing on Friday. And then Sweden, England, Russia, Croatia playing on Saturday. So out of those Friday games between Uruguay and France, who do you got? I, I got to say real quick, I'm so excited to get to watch games. I wasn't <laughs> sure I was going to get to watch any more games. And by a crazy turn of events, I'm going to be off on the day of the finals. So I get to watch that as well. Nice. Um, maybe I'll drive out and meet, you, meet up with you. Yeah, dude. The final. Maybe we'll broadcast. That'll be fun. Um, I think we're going to end up in the semis with France and Brazil. All right. I'm actually going to go France and Belgium. So a little disagreement there um on that side i and, i do think the brazil and belgium game is going to end up going to penalty kicks and so it's gonna out, be a of, close one. out of france and brazil who do you think makes it through to the finals probably france all right and then on the other side of the bracket we've got sweden england who, who do you think's got that one england and russia croatia who's got that Russia pays their way to another round. <laughs> I've got England and Croatia. I, I think the Russian money can only go so far before it gets suspicious. Maybe we're already there. So I, like, England, come on, let's be honest. If Croatia won't take the monetary offer, they'll just kill them in the middle of the night. Over the, Croatian soccer team misses game, goes completely yeah, missing. Right. Disappears in Russian tundra. <laughs> So between England and Russia, who do you have in the final on that side? England. And between England and France, who do you have winning it all? I want to say England, but it's going to probably be France. So I've got England and Croatia on the quarters side. I want England to win so bad. I really do. England's the team I'm pulling for at this point. I think England... I don't, God, I don't think they're going to do it, but I'm going to say they'll do it. Uh, England will beat Croatia. And then between France and England, for me, I got to go England. It's coming home. <laughs> Harry Kane. No, no. <laughs> Harry Kane. So many Spurs players on that team. Um, yeah, France looks unstoppable, man. I want England to good. win it. I think France is probably going to win it. So official prediction, I'm going going France. But we'll see. Yeah, man, that'd be fun if we could watch it together. So we we ended up with the same teams in the final, at least. Fuck it, I'll take England. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would be a pretty huge upset if England lost to Sweden. Croatia should beat Russia. Um, And... uh, from there who knows man (laughs) i just i look at i look at what happened in the round of 16 and croatia couldn't barely get past denmark and russia got past spain i i know it was on penalties but yeah russia got past spain i don't i don't know it might be another penalty kick game there honestly i think croatia pulls it out like luka maldrick and and some of the other guys they have i think can pull one goal in against Russia at least, no matter how much bunkering there is. Um, our friend Nathan from uh, Running with the Herd, if you haven't heard that, runningwiththeherd.com, um, he posted on Twitter as a new fan, started last July. I thought McCarthy was a very good defender last year. What happened there? Um, and he was a very good defender. Yes, and as far as we know, he is a very good defender. We just haven't seen him this year. Um, we don't know if it's injury related. He started off the season on an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't seen him. Um, we really haven't seen him in the regular season much at all. And so it was a, what a U.S. open cup game. Yeah. That, that's so. the only appearance I think he's made so far. Um, so it, it's kind of a question mark and thinking back to looking at training he seems to have been participating from what we've seen but we only get such a small window uh, and so that's not a great indicator maybe i'll just ask next time and see if we can get a straight answer um i don't expect it but i feel like it's got to be a conditioning issue of some sort you know maybe maybe in that game in the u.s open cup game he got nicked up again with whatever he was still recovering from and had a relapse you'd think we'd see him on the injury report then if that was the case but 
I don't know. I, mean, I, want a, I want him back. Not everybody's built to play into their 40s like Rafa seems to be. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, I hope it's not injury related for his sake, but that's the thing that makes the most sense to me is like just fitness um, as far as like health. Um, Plays into his 40s. He's only 29, Kyle. <laughs> Uh, McCarthy yeah I I was like I was like really is he that old but I'm 29 and I'll tell you I I am not built for running around for 90 minutes so neither am I (laughs) I hate running and I played soccer yeah nope (laughs) yeah well on that note we are gonna run out of here before we uh say anything too stupid um anything else too stupid whatever Nothing we say is stupid. All our takes are great. <laughs> Larry, anything else you want to talk about tonight? I think that's it. So you've got France winning the whole thing. I've got England winning the whole thing. Is that right for World Cup? That is right. Oh, I don't feel good about that. I think France is going to win. But I'll take England. It's coming home. Um, Keep up the faith. <laughs> thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting on Periscope and Twitter. You can catch us live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Central Time. Um, yeah. SAFC plays Santos Laguna this Sunday. Whoops, forgot to mention that. Uh, Probably won't be live tweeting that or anything since it's a friendly and we'll probably see some of the bench players that we never see play. But I'm excited, so it'll be fun. So, yeah. 7.30. It's a Facebook live stream. Don't forget about that. Facebook live. It's not going to be on ESPN Plus or anything like that. Facebook live. Like all the legit things. (laughs) like our show on Periscope. (laughs) Good night. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next week, 9 p.m. on Thursdays.